Let's turn to our Friday panel in studio with us now. Our guest this week, Sinn Féin councillor Arthur Gibbons, as well as singer and entertainer uh, Graham Onan, just back from Spain. Is it great Spain? Isn't that right, yeah, Graham? Yeah, it was in for, for, for St. Patrick's in Cabaret. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was a great experience, Niall. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, uh, well, yeah. f- funnily enough, it's, uh, we, we have something in common this morning, courtesy of the Beano, because John handed me this story earlier, which has revealed the top the top 10 jobs that are good for a laugh, as in people who are in the profession like to have a laugh. It's a study by the Beano magazine and mm. it found jobs which involve a lot of chatter had the most respondents saying they laugh regularly at work. So the top five jobs listed for having the crack are acting, taxi driving, construction, hairdressing and politics arter is number five. Okay. While the rest of the top ten are journalists, musicians, sales, teaching and nursing. But so we're, there behind, you go. we're behind politicians, are we? Um, yeah, politicians is fine. So do you, do you have the crack uh, as a yeah, politician? Well, politicians have we are uh, have the best of crack now. Reality to it, and what an awful lot of people don't even realise is politicians can go head to head and they can uh, take strips off each other within the political arena. But outside of it all, we're very civil to each other, and we would we'd have a drink yeah. and a bit of crack with each other and whatever. And it's called professionalism. You'll yeah. push your policies and you'll push your policies uh, against other parties in the arena where it's supposed to be. But outside of that, a lot of us, I don't think I've ever lost a friend uh, through politics yeah. in all the years and, that and, I've been And the respondents is, these are the jobs in which they laugh regularly or most at work. Uh, do you laugh, um, <laughs> Graham, in the in, in what, in what, and, Well, look, I, I often say to people that are, when asked about it, um, like I, I bought my first... PA, my own PA, where I'd been renting before that, but I actually bought it 30 years ago this year. So I'm 30 years full time or dedicated to the music industry or to entertaining, and uh, I'm very lucky. And I feel blessed every time I stand in front of an audience that, that mm. I get the chance to do something that I love. So do I smile? Yes. And I smile. And anybody who sees me on stage will see me smiling. It doesn't mean I'm always happy. It doesn't mean, but, uh, but I'm, I'm happy to do my job and I love my yeah. job. So, yeah. Right, okay. And a lot of taxi driver listeners out there, I wonder if they feel that it is the profession which has the second amount of crack uh, within it or not. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, say as if somebody's getting sick in the back of your yeah. taxi. Oh, I can't see it being... Uh, Could I just say, like, mm. realistically, and I've worked in a number of jobs all of my life, and even as a politician, as you know, there I was elected to the Borough Council in 1999 and uh, until 2014, and then I came back in there in 2020. But even in my own career, or my own life, I'm working with, um, we'd say, the nine to five job. I always loved working in the public sector. Mm. Maybe that's why I'm a politician. I really enjoy it because you're meeting people, and you're, you need a personality for the job as well. And if you meet somebody with a great personality, you can have the best of crack with people. Now, there is the serious end of it. Yeah. Like if we did take on the serious end of it and that you were you just had that in your life, I don't think anybody would be involved in politics or the public sector. Yeah, no, I, I the same as that. Like I, 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 I would like to think I'm a people person. Some people think I can be cantankerous at times and probably I can be, but I'm passionate rather than being an angry person. I don't like to be put down as an angry person, but I'm passionate. But but in general, no, I love meeting people and I and I particularly love making memories. So I mean an entertainer's job is to make memories for others and, and uh, whether that whatever part of the arts you're in you're creating memories maybe that you know people come up to you oh I remember you doing this you remember that and I, I have to say to them look at Jesus you know do you mind reminding me unless there's a specific thing yeah. but they remember it and that's the important thing that they that, that you made a happy memory for somebody 
So all right. sharing a smile is not a bad thing. Okay, this person says all politicians are a laugh. Uh, and then I'm just looking, and you can see that, that headline on the television there. There are suggestions that the former British Prime Minister Liz Truss is heading to the jungle for I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. So. Oh my God. And it just gets better and better. Right. She bring Boris with her. Okay. <laughs> right, well, on a more serious uh, note, the, the no confidence motion in the government defeated as expected this week. Uh, Arthur Gibbons, was there any point in bringing that forward? And before that, the eviction ban uh, motion. Well, the uh, eviction ban motion, I think, was the most serious one. And in case some of your um, listeners think to themselves that this is an April Fool's joke because it's the 1st of April, under no circumstances is it. The one aspect of what the government actually have done, they've actually left a situation out there that we're going to see thousands of people homeless. That's the only way that's down the road. Because everything that they've suggested that they're going to do has already been tried. There have been this has been going this has been ongoing over the last number of governments. The same people in, I step out and then step in again. Then you have the two main parties forming a government there. And realistically what they have come up with, they've actually left an awful lot of families out there under a constant threat, under massive pressure. They mm. left children without stability within their lives. We have a situation out there that a lot there's going to be an ongoing effect on this. We're going to see through the mental service, through the CAM services and Else. Those children are going to need that. We're going to see people suffering with mental health because of the pressures yeah, that they're put I, on. I, I get on all that, but but is, is forcing the general election the way to deal with all that? Do we need a general election? Well, I, personally, myself, I feel myself that it is a change for government, and I think that the only ones that should be evicted in this country is the uh, government themselves. Now, what I would say to anyone in relation to the, uh, the eviction end of it, and I'm dealing with a number of people at the moment who has eviction notice since before the last mm. person, the ban had come in and that, that's lifted now and those people are worried sick out there and I know myself and listen to talking to a lot of officials they were hoping that the ban within the councils was going to stay in place to give them breathing room because there is no accommodation there is no emergency accommodation out there what we have at the moment in the council we have 73 houses coming available within Finisglen and there's over 2,000 people are looking to be housed there and yeah. what I would say to those people that have their eviction notice is go as far as their TD's office, their government TD's office, who voted for this eviction man to be lifted and sit there and let them provide them with a house before they leave that office because if they felt confident enough in their government that the government was going to house these people, that is where the blame should lie. And I okay. think myself that is something that, need, that needs to be done. And oh. it's the only way, I, and let the government then prove that they're able to house okay. those people. All right. Now, can I just come in as well in relation, and this is something I wanted to bring up on your show as well, and it's part to do with the eviction notes. There are 73 houses coming available over the next couple of months in Finisglen. And because of the situation of the eviction ban, I'd like to know where, the, it's the question I'd be asking on Monday at the council meeting, is where's the priority these houses going to be? Is it going to be families that needs housing? Or is the ones that I get in the uh, being evicted is going to take priority, or what the story is in relation to it? If it is, <coughs> if it is those that is going to be evicted from the rooms, it means that we have a housing list there within the council that's yeah. actually of no use. Okay. And I bring it up on Monday. Right, morning. Graham. The no confidence motion in the government. Do you see any merit or purpose in that at all? Well, um, the the problem I have there's I have several problems with it. One, I, it's terrible that 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 uh, a safety net for people that, that was put in place, albeit for a temporary. They said it stated as a temporary measure. Um, the time wasn't used 
to put in place the measures to protect people. That's a, that's a plain fact. Um, it's it's sad that in our system now we're supposed to have a, a democratic republic. That's what we're that's what our forefathers fought for, and our political system and our, de- our de- democratic system has been eroded and eroded over the years where there's no accountability to anybody. And the shocking thing is that when it comes down to, to the final step which can avoid this heartache and absolute torture on, on people being, being moved from their houses um, because of, of an eviction ban just being, being, being removed albeit as it was supposed to be a temporary unit the nuclear option is, oh, well, if we vote against this, there's a general election. There has to be accountability, which is which is, it does, doesn't go to the nuclear option. We had, you had Mark McSharry on earlier on, who voted with the government in the confidence uh, yeah. motion, yet voted against the, the, mm. the, the, the removal of the ban. Now, he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. Because, and I'm not speaking on, on Mark's behalf, but I'm just pointing out that that's the problem. This is the contradiction we have. That why 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 does it have to be a nuclear option to do something that's right? Um, I mean, let's go back to the, the, the general election. Nobody got the, the the government that they voted for. Nobody, absolutely nobody. Um, you had a you had a situation where going into the into into the election. Um, Michal Martin said Fine Gael had to be taken out of, out of government it was absolutely horrendous that they were staying in government yet the only party the first party that he spoke to when he got elected was Fine Gael he did a, he did a, um, he wouldn't speak to Sinn Féin is that democratic? absolutely not our democracy has been eroded yeah. eroded eroded and we come to a situation now where our housing uh, is an absolute disgrace uh, and a mess and Despite all the the numbers and statistics that our housing minister will throw at us, no more than our health minister who keeps throwing out statistics. I mean, I come from a family that was based in in the Fianna Fáil uh, gene pool, and I'm a Republican Fianna Fáil by by, and I'm proud of it. Or sorry, I was proud of it. I'm still proud to say I'm Republican Fianna Fáil, but it's Fianna Fáil who has moved away from me, not me away from Fianna Fáil. And Fianna Fáil has turned its back completely on the people that used to support. The, they, they talk about, oh, we're building more houses now than we did in such and such. Mm. Yeah, Fianna Fáil was the party that built social housing. Coming out of the foundation of our state, it was the party that drove uh, our, our, putting social housing together for, for our people. They stopped doing that a long time mm. ago. Now to, to, to claim that they, 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 they hold some higher ground to say, look at the houses we're building now and we're building this and building... No, you're not. So, the, so would, would, would you still vote for Fianna Fáil? No, absolutely not. not no, Just no, no, this no. time only or have you no, moved away? It would have to be. I, I genuinely... I, I, I said it, it, it breaks my heart to say these words. But I mean, I was, I was outspoken at the time of the foundation of the, uh, the, 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 this government because I thought it was absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I said, I don't think anybody got the government that they voted for. And we're supposed to be a democratic republic. Mm-hmm. Nobody got what they wanted. And what we've got now is a situation where three leaders seem to go behind the door every so often and make a decision and then they come out and with an iron fist they say, that's what you're voting for and that's it. Now, is that democracy? I don't think so. Okay. And it's definitely not, it's definitely not the, the, the democracy that I feel... Oh. Uh, Okay. Well, it's, lost, it's actually lost its direction, like reality. Uh, well, but you, you, you would have said that the day after the government was formed, Arthur, and your yeah, party. Yeah, I do would remember this much, and this is the part, and I think it was the biggest kick in the teeth to uh, people in this country, and it was the greatest eye opener. Right, the mandate that our party was given 
was taken by anybody that voted for Sinn Féin was put down nearly as a second-rate vote. Yeah. That's the reality. It yeah. wasn't taken on the same state. Nobody in this country... I'm so just saying, are you saying you deserve to be in government because of the vote the last time? Is that what you're saying? Of course we would deserve to. If that was the mandate sure nobody, of the people... Nobody, the, nobody was, wanted to go it, into government Excuse me. There wasn't, there wasn't one TD of any other parties that out that was um, out for or could outvote any addition fan candidates. Well, that's that we not put the forward. way it works, as you know. It no, I know it, it's not the way that it works, and we didn't have the numbers there. And even with the independent or with the independence that was there, those uh, left independents, there was no uh, way that we were able to form the government. But yeah. you had you had Fianna Fáil and you had Fine Gael came together was to keep that out. And do you know my recommendations and what I would have seen at that time? I would have rather seen that going back to the people again, if the, that a government couldn't have been formed instead of two opposition parties coming together that was well, opposition well, okay, well, well, in well, history. Well, it's never, it's never going to change. The, the days of single majority governments are long gone in this country, so it's always going to be It's those, always going to be, it is always going to be, but the one aspect to it, it's always going to be a coalition, and the coalition, the ideal coalition for the people of this country, and it needs a chance, was Sinn Féin and the left. That is the reality to it, the former government. And yeah. if you had that, remember okay. this much, Sinn Féin hasn't been in government before. Sinn Féin has to make an impact. Sinn Féin has to stand over what to say or they never but, get that yeah, chance you, again. You have, well, you have well, to become yeah. a, a party that makes it an attractive proposition to go into government with. Is that not the problem? Niall, remember this much. When people vote for Sinn Féin or whatever else, they're voting for Sinn Féin to be taken on the same level terms as the other parties. Do you have a mandate? Do you have a mandate there to the people? It's as simple as that. And for anybody to come along and say, uh, to turn around and say, no, Sinn Féin is entrusted, not a political party, Sinn Féin is entrusted, they're not capable. Look at the vote that Sinn Féin pulled. Reality to it. You look at um, what you call it, the the polls that has been done since Mm. the last election. Sinn Féin at one stage, if it's not still the same, uh, had a higher percentage yeah. than the other than okay. the two main parties. It Do, doesn't, and, doesn't and, mean and, anything, and, Arthur, as no, you know. Well, no, but, invariably, but, opposition parties have higher ratings in the polls than government parties, yeah, as we know. But, but, we'll come back to... to yeah, I, yeah just, I just want to say something. Unfortunately, we can sit here and talk about who should be in power and who shouldn't be in power till the cows come home. The reality is we've become a state that has now become... Um, we are totally run whether we like it or not, by the permanent government, the civil servants. And there's a few civil servants up there, and whether we like it or not, they are unaccountable, no one calls them to halt, and they are the ones who are running our country. And we have lost all sense of accountability to anybody. Mm. So no matter who's in the in the doll, as I said, isn't it shocking that at such a major issue as a housing crisis, catastrophe, is... The only way of, of, of trying to protect some of our citizens is a nuclear option, which sets everything back by months. And yeah. it, nothing will change because the, the, the civil servants, the top cats in the civil service, if they say it, that's it. And they are unaccountable okay. to anybody. All right, can I, I ask you... Remember, I, can I just come back in on this? And this is exactly why a change of government is needed. Reality to it. Is the civil service need to be drawn out? We all know to do reality to it. It's the politicians as elected. They're answerable to the civil servants, not the other way around. And it's those that wants to stick the boot in there and say, look, this is going to be done. This is the way that it's going to be done. It's going to be done for the people. You mm. are not going to protect, go out there and carry on with this whole idea of putting it into the rich guy's pocket and leave the ordinary 5-8 out there to spend okay. the local right. Before, before, before we, get off, we get yeah. off this subject, the, 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 the controversy over your branding of the independence is soft independence. Would you, would you use that label about our three local 
independent deputy. Well, let me so. just put it this way, and I and I'll tell you, and I won't back off from it. Right? Any man that would vote for the lifting, or sorry, to keep the uh, eviction ban in place, I respect them for that. But when he uh, w- uh, wouldn't take us, or when he voted to keep the uh, vote of confidence within the government, I said to myself, that is your typical soft independent. If you look at the the pedigree of the man and where they came from, there was a dynasty there always was. His whole family is not being involved in Fianna Fáil politics and everything else. He hasn't strayed too far away from it. And mm-hmm. I would see myself in relation to it. It's the whole aspect. He will uh, back the government regardless on what it is. If there's a vote in relation yeah. to anything that could happen... But is the term soft, is that not a derogatory term or could it no, be considered No, it's not a derogatory, derogatory term because the media has used that on many an occasion and there is a lot of independents out there who was not selected to run for the party and who went as independents and they aligned themselves with the party and whatever way the party goes, that is exactly what they will do. Okay. And we've seen that time and time in government. And I will tell you, Niall, in relation to it and it just kind of, it shows. i seen the last council meeting that we had at the county house for a term that I've been using for at least two years and two very important motions was defeated on the floor unless I removed the term soft and I would not remove that and yet because of that, because it was insulting authorities, and this was because there were government um, councillors that was there But if if you were referred to a soft councillor, a Sinn Féin soft councillor, would you not take umbrage or offence at that? No, because I will always stand with what our policies are. Okay. It's as simple as that. All right, okay. We well, will stand uh, over everything okay. that well, we let, let's, let's get, let's get to other it. issues because there's a lot of uh, questions coming in and issues raised. I didn't see it. There was a live broadcast from City Hall in Sligo on Monday. Your old council chamber, Arthur, yeah. uh, borough council meetings. Live broadcast on the Tonight Show on Virgin Media 1. And we had a lot of people saying that it, it was it, it gave a, a negative impression generally of Sligo in that there was a lot of debate about the amount of Ukrainian refugees in the region and the impact on uh, tourism and lack of accommodation with the uh, summer season uh, about uh, about to uh, come upon us. Graham, what, what are your thoughts on uh, well, tourist provision, tourist accommodation, yeah, and the well, number just of refugees. To go back on, on the, the TV three or the Virgin Media uh, program, I I was like so many others were probably watching the the, the Ireland match, and I switched over yeah. to to to, to, to to yeah, and mm. I switched over, and it was straight away. Strangely enough, I recognised. I, well, I thought I recognised the chamber, and then the camera switched over, and I saw who was on the on the the panel. Um, in regard to, I, I was shocked. Um, to, to see it was in Sligo um, but in regard to uh, our Ukrainian friends and anybody who's search, seeking refuge um, they should always be welcome in our republic whether yeah. whether no matter who they are um, we have if any country knows uh, what it's like to have to run from tyranny and for, for your, where your country is war torn um, we're the ones um, we have to show the same I know, and and there was many places that Irish people went where they weren't made feel welcome. Then we should learn those lessons that we should never ever treat anybody with the same disrespect. My problem is not with with, with anybody seeking refuge, and they should be looked after. It's a shame that prior to that emergency, the same urgency wasn't used for our own citizens. That's the scandal. It's not a scandal that anybody is taking any any. 
uh, accommodation from anybody. That's nothing to do with it. The scandal is no urgency was put into our own situation and it has built and built. And I listened to the waffle coming out of our housing minister uh, where he called it out as, a, as uh, or not as our housing minister, um, Barry Cowan was on the radio yesterday yeah. where he, he, he mm. t- when you hear the, the, the phrase spoke out both sides of his mouth, he was definitely, and the waffle he came out with, where he called it an absolute emergency in a crisis five, six years ago, now, and figures have got worse. It, it is it, like if there was ever a, if there was ever a leadership of a, of a, a current political dynasty of, of leaders that have have hid behind crises as much as this shower um, we've gone from brexit to covid to a, a war in Ukraine everything is always oh well because 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 they forget about all the time that was wasted prior to that when they need to find the money they can find the money and they can throw it at it Okay uh, uh, Arthur uh, um, again um, lack of accommodation for tours is that an issue I, uh, considering the I numbers watched, of Ukrainian refugees we're, we're hosting at the moment I watched the Ireland match the other evening and then I went and we have the uh, the hour plus on our television, so I got the whole show of Virgin One. Now, the only thing, and I, the first thing that hit me when I went in, for such a beautiful building like the chamber in the town hall, I felt myself to use four bare stools and put people sitting on it and just the flags behind. I thought myself was... It was a lack of imagination and really to sell because it is a beautiful building, it is a beautiful chamber. I think in relation to the Ukrainians' uh, situation in Sligo, that's a humanitarian thing and I'd argue the whole, uh, I suppose, to the end of the world, I'd argue humanitarian uh, effort has to come in before anything else. I feel myself in relation to regardless of what people think about the Ukrainian and what's happening or anything else. It's always women and children are the victims and I am so glad that Ireland is able to play its part in that. I listened to the debate there about how it's affecting tourism and whatever else and that there's a hotel in Ross's Point and there's all Ukrainians. Good, thank God that they're there and thank God we're able to give them that, uh, that we're able to lend that hand for it. But it will impact on tourism, but not straight across the board because we have hotels out there. We have five-star hotels, which people are um, accustomed to and like coming to Ireland for. We have the ordinary hotel, the number of ordinary hotels out there, mm. and people, tourists, come here for that. And then we have just the ordinary five, eight tourists that okay. come so, family, so and not, they want accommodation, and that accommodation... Not really an issue, so you, you think it I don't see it being an issue. I don't even think it's something even to be... Uh, I suppose it would in relation to those that's depending on, we say, the hospitality trade and things yeah. like that. They're the ones, and I can understand that. I can understand it. Okay. But on a greater scale, I think myself that the humanitarian end of it, it's, it's bigger. But the only thing, and I would say, I'd like to see that humanitarian end of it uh, expanded, because for years we had that whole crisis going on in Palestine, and yet the Irish government has uh, turned a blind ear to what's happening there, and reality to it, we should be looking nearly at uh, uh, what's happening in Palestine, and we should be looking at it nearly the same way, and the rest of Europe should be getting involved in that, and trying to resolve that whole situation that's going on out there. And I feel myself that it's all one-handed, and it seems to be the popular thing to deal with Ukraine because it's the likes of NATO and okay. uh, America right. behind it. I, I, I do co- feel co- yeah, a couple of comments coming. I have to agree with Arthur Gibbons as this person on soft independence and the use of the word 
uh, or the term soft independence. Why leave the political parties, then back them on every government decision? And someone else is 100% agreeing with Graham Monaghan when he says the senior civil servants run this country. The permanent government they are. Until this changes, nothing changes, says Michael. And someone else says no one stopped Spin Fein, Arthur, forming the government after the last election. There was enough of lefties elected to form a government. It didn't happen. That is on that is and that's the reality. There's so many there. TDs elected, and the reality to it, it was done. And we okay. had parties out there, we had the likes of the Fingale party that turned around and says, we will not enter uh, into any negotiation with Sinn Féin. Mm. We're Sinn Féin, for years that they were hammered down with Sinn Féin, and my party turned around and says, we're ready to talk to everybody. Right, OK. That's the reality. Uh, uh, there were, there were, there were never any bar stools in the chamber when you were there, for sure, anyway. There was absolutely no bar stools. We had comfortable seats, but the chamber at South Island, you know yourself, and for anybody yeah. that doesn't, I feel myself, for something that would have been maybe looked at from abroad as well, because there's a lot of Irish abroad, and to be able to download, I think myself that they missed an opportunity there. It's a beautiful chamber. It's OK. You've sat that often. All right. Well, 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 speak in that yeah. assembly hall when right. I was when I was in the fashion of years I was talking to a politician during the week who made that exact same point that they yeah. performed in, yeah, in the, recitations in Fesh League and Fesh Kjol as did Arthur as well thank oh. you buddy yes. did, did you win any medals I would do with my no and I would do with my little poem <laughs> um, in fact, well, in fact I remember the first play I was on it, it, it was, it was uh, I was in St John's school and um, I don't know which it was Brother Liam yeah it was Brother Liam was my teacher and we did uh, Finn McCool and the Salmon of Knowledge yeah. And yeah, well, and, <laughs> I'll tell you, St John's School reality to it has a great end of it as well, and that was the one aspect of what the place. Okay. We well, well, well and, speak, yeah. and we were having an interesting brief discussion off air, and when you mentioned bar stools, it reminded me of uh, COVID because um, there. Well, I'd be interested, Graham, to get your. Uh, perspective on this as a singer entertainer as I say you're just back from Spain where you performed over the St Patrick's Day weekend mm. and there is a general feeling that the the I won't call it the pub tradition but the, the social the social scene in Ireland has not gone back to what it was pre-Covid we, no it's far you, far from it and it? then and, uh, yeah and and uh, I, I there was a it was actually a question was was put to me by um, by a man a couple of months ago and it was a very interesting question and and I apologise to anybody who's not from Sligo Town who's listening to us but so bear with me the question was could you could you go from and it was a, just a hypothetical question to go from Cahneys on Mail Coach Road have a have a pint in each or a drink in each bar that you pass on the straight line between there and Shoot the Crows and have a drink on the way back up now this was based on about 25 years ago. Now, if you were to do that 26, or 25, 26 years ago, that would have been a total of 36 drinks, 18 down and 18 back. There are now four bars on that stretch. Yeah, and, and, and we just, we just hold it there because we're, we're not at all uh, suggesting people should drink 36 no, no, pints no, 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 or 36. No, 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 no. It was, it, was, it was just pointing out the fact that how the... How the, 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 the the yeah. trade has been decimated. Mm. I remember a couple of years ago doing just a thought crossed my mind uh, since I'd turned 18, I said how many bars had, had closed in Sligo. And it was shocking the, the, the list that I was able to come up with. Now, um, I'm obviously I'm a social person. I enjoy going out and meeting people. Uh, I think uh, it's a far better way to enjoy mm. a drink. So what, what has changed? Is it, is, it, is it the prices combined with the price of uh, 
drink, whatever drink you have, be it alcoholic or non-alcoholic, and maybe the price of getting home, or is it well, that our whole mindset has changed? After I think what this has been coming COVID. on for quite a long time. If you remember, going back, you're talking about the, the music industry or the entertainment industry. Um, it isn't all that long ago when the, there was at least two two sheets in, in the middle of the, the Sligo Champion or the Weekender that yeah. had all the entertainment page. And every second bar in Sligo and right across the county and the greater area uh, had bars with music in them. How many bars now have, have live entertainment? Um, now, I have my own partial theory on that, that uh, I think Imro, um, as controversial as this might be, I think they have a lot to answer for, where they were supposed to be uh, an organisation to support the industry. They actually, unintended consequences, decimated it, because what they stopped Mm -hmm. was venues uh, promoting music. So if uh, if the the, the guy came in, the agent came in to say, look, are you having music? And said, no, no, I'm not. And then he produced the evidence of Sligo Champion of the Weekender. Yes, you did. And then the fine would hit and you've got to pay us for this. So what did the bars stop doing? They stopped advertising. And then it's just a race to the bottom. Because if you didn't know what was on, you're not going out. And that's long before COVID. I think COVID... uh, put us into a situation where people realised oh well you know maybe I can enjoy a drink at home and I, I'm the same I never took a drink at home I, I there, there was there was cans cans of beer that used to go off yearly uh, yeah. in, 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 the, in, the, in the wardrobe and uh, now yes I can quite happily sit All right. okay, and okay. price wise yes it's a big difference and Arthur you were saying off air that you, you haven't really been out that much at all since Covid and you were, I haven't uh, in fairness now and just going back to what Graham says there in relation to it and reality to it I think the bear industry was in trouble before Covid because a lot of bears closed within Sligo at mm. that time and some very popular bears that used to be at the time but I think and you mentioned it there a few minutes ago was that they did get to it or did they get expensive it bloody well they get expensive far too expensive and especially for youngsters when I was growing up and you got the 17 or 18 years of age that was only entertainment that we had or you went along there was another thing that closes nightclubs we have no nightclubs anymore no. I mean to say and that was a great place for young people yeah. uh, well, there's, there's, one, well, there's one in this in, yeah. in the Sligo but, but region the, but when you when you, uh, you look at it there with the, um, with the COVID itself, I think what COVID actually done for the likes of me that used to go out every weekend once or twice on the weekend and I used to go out and I used to always love to socialise, what it actually done for me because of the lockdown, it just broke the habit. And when it broke the habit, yeah. it's just not worth getting up and getting dressed. Uh, you know, kind of to go for the evening. You'd rather just maybe sit in, watch television. If I felt like a drink in the house, I'd have, and it's far cheaper. And that's the real. Yeah, dis- despite the, it is despite, far cheaper. Yeah, despite the, the thing, which was was a completely dis- uh, minimum pricing thing. I think that that that's uh, that's a joke as well. Mm. Um, whether it was to stop, you know, to say, oh, it's to stop drinking at, at home or drinking. But I mean, it, it's not going to stop it because it's still going to be cheaper than going to a bar. Uh, I understand why a bar's price, a public house uh, price might be the way it is because they have costs to cover. Yeah, uh, totally understand that. It's just, I think people have got out of the habit. Yeah. I think they've just yeah. lost the habit. The other thing that I, I have noticed in relation to it as well, and I think people were hurt with it, during the lockdown, the price of drinks still went up. There was an increase during the lockdown. Yeah. And as soon as the lockdown was over, it went up again. And some places now where you can pay up on for a pint of Guinness, it's 5.30. Now, I couldn't justify, personally, getting up every weekend. If it was 4.90, it wouldn't be too bad. But I kind of reluctant to hand the Once it goes over the fiver. Uh, 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 this woman yeah. says, uh, if I was going out at night, I would only go to a place with music. That was the number one yep. priority yeah. for me. And also for me to go 
to town and home, you're talking nearly a hundred euro before I even have a drink, yeah. which is now ridiculously overpriced. So they're talking about yep. taxis, I presume. Yeah. I just can't afford to go out anymore, let alone find variety venues. So. I think a lot of people will be of that opinion. Well, the venues yeah. aren't there now in reality. Yeah. Even when back in the 80s and we've seen all the, the music events that was around, it's like, it was very hard. If the bars didn't order a band uh, within time yeah. for the weekend, yeah, they wouldn't they get one or a DJ. Yeah. And even in Sligo that time, we had a number of bars was in the um, Clarence Hotel. And there was one of the beauty, remember that, Graham? Remember there was the video bar was in there as well. And yeah. all the youngsters used to gather in there. It was yeah. a, I think that was a fantastic atmosphere. The town used to be buzzing. Yeah, I'd, I'd, be, students, I'd be too young for that. I don't know. No, yeah, yeah, that's right. Man, yeah. The yeah. students yeah. there a few years ago, the town yeah. used to be buzzing. I lived in Carpenter yeah. and there was a lot of students in there. And you'd hear them go, you don't even see them going out anymore. Yeah. You don't no, no, no Graham is right in relation to the, the, uh, the ads in the, in yeah. the local newspapers. There would be music uh, seven, not... Two days a week, seven nights a week, there yeah, would be music only, in, but, uh, sorry, in a lot of Not only, sorry, I, I mentioned the two local papers there um, in the region, but I mean, uh, going back to the Northwest radio and uh, yourself, Northwest, mm. because it, since that has changed, I mean, you used to have the, the, the entertainment uh, yeah. uh, section where, where you used mm. to run out what, what, the gig guide. Yeah. Um, and that was a daily thing. And that all stopped. And unfortunately, it was a race to the bottom. And I, and I do, I'm sorry. Uh, might offend some people at, at the top of Imro, but I think they okay. were architects of. All right, the I, w- yeah. I want I want to ask you about the the uh, the dangerous dogs issue and whether there are sufficient regulations and laws in place to uh, have those not controlling their dogs, particularly dangerous dog breeds, uh, have them brought to account and have them fined. Um, is that a problem? Do you know, or does, does it, it come is, up? I'll tell you, Niall, I brought up even, I remember I had a number of motions back years ago when I was on the Borough Council in relation to the 10 breeds of dogs that was that time. Now, yeah. That's extended since. And I remember one of the reports that we actually got back was that they couldn't implement it because a lot of dogs was crossbreed. And the fact that they were crossbreed left them as dangerous because there might mm. be two dangerous breeds of dogs that was in it. And that was the, what we came up against at the time. But I honestly... I know, I'm a person that was reared with dog in the house, always and never. I actually have two dogs myself at home and um, whatever, I have a beagle and I have a small little cocker at the house and um, I have no problem. The only thing that I would say, I would never let any child left on their own in a room with those dogs or in the yard unsupervised. But yet people will get, the li- and they're small dogs and they're not a dangerous breed, but you'll get people going around and they have dogs and they have them on a lead and likes a pit bull terriers and they're they're not able to hold them and mastiffs and whatever else. And those dogs have a reputation for attacking and yeah. doing damage. And we've seen it already in this country. And I feel myself that there has to be every um, action needs to be taken is to pull these dogs under control. I actually think for the likes of these dogs, there should be a dangerous dog's licence, not an ordinary dog yeah. licence, a dangerous one, and that that dog is registered, that they know that that dog is being adhered to. Yeah. That dog should not be out in public without a lead on it. I don't give a damn what anybody says. The only place that I would make an exception in relation to those dogs under those dogs your um, German Shepherd Alsatian which is known as a dangerous breed of dog comes in under it but a lot of them are guide dogs and that's the only ups, um, yeah. up yeah. that should be exception okay. that should be made but I am 100 I can't understand why people have these dogs they're not able to control them and in fairness and I have to say 
there's one type of individual that loves to go around with a pit bull or a mastiff, and that is the reality. And they're normally youngsters, early 20s, and try to nearly come across with this haired image, and that is the reality. And they're not okay. able to control them. All right. I seen a video the other day, it was in one of the parks in England, where a pit bull terrier attacked the policeman on horseback. And it actually, at one stage, pulled the horse to the ground. And such a job to have. Now, I didn't see how the video ended. I wasn't able to yeah. stay there to see how the that's video how ended. That's how strong they are. Though that's how strong they are. And yeah. they, you know what I mean? They're okay. used. They're, they're, okay. Graham, do you think it's, a, it's an issue, a problem? Do you come across it? Have you come across it? Again, at the risk of, of offending some people, and I know my, my comments, and more than Arthur's, may offend some people out there who, who own these dogs or have these dogs. Um, I'm a dog lover too. Uh, I grew up in a house with the, with the we had a little terrier, Kieran Terry, who actually was uh, my grandma's dog, and she wasn't able to mind him. So Toby came to live with us, and Toby actually lived till he was twenty five years of age. And Toby inside the house was absolutely an absolute pet, an absolute darling of a thing. Um, but outside, he wanted to bite mm. some people. Not everybody, but he he took a pick on it. Every single dog is capable. Of, of using their teeth. Every single dog, no matter what breed. Um, however, we go from what we want to describe as the the, the softer breeds and the, and the gentle breeds. Um, yeah. There's no doubt that there is a big difference between uh, what we perceive and we know, not perceive, know as gentle breeds and these vicious breeds. And I think... As I said, at the at the risk, I know I will offend some people, and I apologise. And I'm sure they love their 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 animal as much as anybody else. However, the even the thought to want to have one, I think, says an awful lot about the person rather than the dog. Um, I think there should be breeds that are outlawed. They shouldn't be allowed on our. Should not be allowed next to near our island. Never mind mm. uh, on a lead or in a muzzle. They are dangerous breeds. They have been proven okay. that they are vicious, vicious dogs, and it takes nothing. If the if the if the if the owner, uh, who they see as their leader of their pack, isn't strong enough to control that dog, then we're in for absolute hell and okay. hellfire. All right, okay. We've can, got, I, can I just, can I just Yeah, very quickly, we've got two I minutes. Just, and I want to finish off I with it. I just a, want to come back in with this one. Yeah. Right, and we've all seen the videos too in the past. Yep. We've seen these dogs, these pit bulls, mastiffs and everything else, right, attacking guide dogs. And the guide mm. dog is not, it won't uh, retaliate. It'll yeah. lie there and they get mauled. And you imagine somebody that's blind and doesn't realise what's happening yep. and their dog is being mauled. What message yeah. is that kind of, that's that's there and sending yeah, out? Okay. Yeah, okay. Ocean, it's not just the price of drink that has gone up, remember. Everything has gone up. Groceries and so forth. Therefore, people just don't have as much money to be able to go out and have a social drink anymore, which is a very relevant point. April Fool's Day tomorrow. You've ever been the butt of an April Fool's joke, Graham, or uh, do you play April Fool's jokes on anyone? You're throwing Off the top that at me now because yeah. I, I have been caught a few times. Uh, the, the one that actually sticks in my mind, trust as you just throw that at me. Uh, many, 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 many years ago, uh, as anybody who knows me knows, the golf is my, was my main sport. And my father came in to, uh, it was Easter, first of April fell on Good Friday. And my father came into the bedroom. I was looking forward to go out to watch the West of Ireland and Ross's Point. And he came in, he said the West of Ireland had been had been postponed and cancelled because somebody had gone out and dug up the greens and uh, that the course was destroyed. 
and I was absolutely devastated. And uh, no, that's the tragic thing is that that has happened since. But <laughs> this was an April Fool, and my father said, "Do you know what day it is?" Uh, so that's the one that just pops around. But I know I've been caught loads of times with different yeah. stuff. Yeah, I know it's, it's it's a bit of fun, and and it's something that we should hold dear uh, because you feel like a right fool when you've been caught you do and we were just having a discussion yeah. uh, amongst ourselves the staff earlier and uh, in, in this in these days of um, inverted commas more enlightenment and political correctness it can be dangerous to go down the April Fool's joke uh, route anymore anyway well you had you had won a couple uh, was no. it last year with Kieran Deneen and, and same we've where had, we've had a couple and, and, and yeah. I won't mention the individual concern but we, we had a, a joke many years ago when I was in Northwest Ready we, we played a joke that one of the well known presenters was, was going to turn his hand to politics That's exactly what I was and actually I can going tell to say you, there when was I was asked was jury, we just go that there way there was absolute and pandemonium not only that not only that but wait to hear what happened <laughs> A prominent, I won't mention any names or political parties, a senior member of a political party heard about the broadcast and contacted that person and more or less begged them to run for their party. Oh, well. well, I can yeah. tell you that was what I was going to say about being caught because at that time I used to work in the market yard on the yeah. Northwest Radio, if you remember yourself. Yeah, I, I went out and I knew the individual that you were talking about. And because I knew, I said, you know, he's a brilliant speaker and his yeah. heart was in the right place. He'd be a good politician. Yeah. And I would win. I carried the story... Yeah. To other yeah, people in the <laughs> and I was actually in what we were what I don't go near really today but that time it was a habit as I says there was the pub and I was yeah. in the pub that evening and I says to a couple of mates do you hear who's a run and I said will you copy yourself on and I literally came out later on in the evening yeah, but it was a near profound yeah, joke yeah always happened down the years anyway have you been the, the, the butt of jokes down the years Arthur or do you do oh, yeah they'd be yeah. caught the same as everybody else and one of my favourite ones that I used to do was like when the kids were small it's now you wouldn't do to, uh, year year in year out, but you'd always catch some of them. Was you'd run in quick, kids get up. It's it's snowing outside. It's snowing outside. Yeah. And they'd run as far as the wind and they'd look out and say, "But it's not snowing. It's 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 raining." I say, "Yeah, liquid snow." You know, and that was an April fool. And that's yeah. kind of where I got away with that one.